Valentine's with Switchcast? Valentine's with Switchcast. Oh. <laughs> we should have gotten each other Valentine's. We should have. Those own little cards. We should have. There's one right hey, there. Hey, we are live. Welcome to Switchcast Live. Got a little taste of the pre-show banter there. We're having fun here, and we hope you are going to have fun with us tonight. That's right. If your dinner reservation didn't come through and you're stuck at home watching us with your date, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> for the rest of you, uh, single people that have nothing better to do tonight, thank you for being with us. I mean, honestly, most of you have nothing better to do if you're actually here with us. But uh, regardless of your choice of activities, we appreciate you uh, being here. Um, when you're here, it makes it more fun for us. We enjoy interacting with the live audience and just having fun. Switchcast is the automotive-related podcast where we're searching for the truth and the humor in the car industry. That's right. If it ain't true, it better be funny. So last week, we talked about a new-slash-old Cannonball record. For those of you that missed it, uh, it was 51 days in 1903 on a motorized bicycle. Well... There's some motorized bicycles in the news this week, and it's relevant to our discussion. We've got a lot of EV news that we want to catch up on. Uh, no, we are not beating a dead horse. I have no rants tonight about you know, how uh, I'm against EVs or anything like that. We have some legitimate news about uh, their progress and some of the uh, finances to do with EVs that we want to discuss that I think is interesting. I hope you guys will think that's interesting too. Uh, but anyway, uh, these e-bikes this article comes to us from electric uh the e-bikes are all the rage now apparently i wouldn't know uh i have eight to twelve cylinder powered automobiles <laughs> <laughs> but apparently uh people ride these uh especially out in california but also in the uh netherlands so well everywhere but in particular there's this article that talks about the Dutch police have a new weapon in their battle against high-speed and high-power electric bicycles. That's right, a roadside testing platform to catch hot-rodded e-bikes. So uh, the headline is, uh, Dutch police found a way to test e-bike power. Well, this is really no new discovery. It's really just a mini dynamometer. So they're just these roadside things where they put the bike on this dyno machine and the police officer gets on it and runs it up to the posted uh, speed limit um, or, or, or the regulated speed limit for the e-bikes and sees if the thing is still making power. Um, it's really kind of ridiculous, but whatever. This is this is news and this is what they're, they're doing. And I thought that was interesting in comparison to a guy that rode his motorized bicycle across the country. How um, fast are these things going? Well, that's that's the thing, right? So, how much how much horsepower do you think is too much for a for a motorized electronic bicycle? Well, uh, I've got the article up, and uh, those of you... Before looking at the article, how much do you think Oh, I did not much? see that. I, okay. saw, I didn't read it that closely, but I just see this image of this e-bike, and it looks like it's a, f a bit of tube framing welded to some wheels with a battery on it. Like, it's it's got a way, not... Like, just the weight of the battery, and the, the rest of the, the bike is a rounding error. Um, so I would imagine these could cause some damage at 10 or 15 horsepower. <laughs> Uh-oh. 
Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> Am I thinking well, too hot? <clears throat> uh, California, for reference, uh, enjoys the higher U.S. e-bike power rating of up to 750 watts. How does how many horsepowers is that? I only got one unit of power here. That's I? a great question. Seven hundred fifty watts. While in uh, uh, European e-bikes are limited to a relatively <laughs> paltry two hundred fifty watts. What? That is a whopping one third of a horsepower. <laughs> okay, I maybe just don't know what horsepower is. I guess. <laughs> wow. That's that's like if. <laughs> If you had like a chicken and cut off one of its legs and then said, tow my bike, that's like the same. Oh, man. You could do some damage with 10 horsepower in one of these, apparently. So, yeah, but apparently, apparently, according to commenters, you know, teenagers and kids are dying on these things because they're modifying them and they're making them go really fast. And granted, on a little bike, uh, I guess a hun- uh, one third of a horsepower is the same as like your leg power as, as pedaling. Oh, okay. But that's really, really slow. Yeah, is it like peg- pedaling vigorously or is it just a leisurely? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. That's a good question. Did you take roids first? Yeah. Or, you are... know, is this a Lance Armstrong thing or just average guy um <laughs> but the, i don't want to get political here but Cole. we're going to get political Ethan, because it's, it's related so in this article they have a quote that i think is ironic quote power is a tricky thing to measure and even harder to legislate huh it's ironic because they're talking about legislating power but but this is power. It's just political power. They're going, oh, man, we need to legislate power. We need to pass these laws. We need to give the police power to stop. Stop what? Stop horsepower? Like, come on, people. Yeah. Like, at some Ugh. point, you have to balance freedom with safety. And and to that end, right? So there's the old saying of, like, well, your freedom ends where my safety begins. Or, like, your freedom to swing your arm ends where, you know, my nose begins. Right? Which is... A good saying in principle, but when you really think about it, is is really really dangerous to a free republic. That's that's not really how constitutional rights work. However, we're not going to go down that road. We're not talking about seven hundred horsepower Hellcats <laughs> that are running people over in in these you know street takeovers and stuff. We're talking about an e bike, like. You are literally, you cannot physically be a danger to anyone else except yourself and maybe some small dogs or something. Some of these can get up to 28 miles an hour, Doug. I don't know. You could do a lot. Honestly, I would be terrified to be on one of these at 28 miles an hour. I mean, if you jailbreak them, though, maybe you might do 50. Got jailbreak a bike. What a dystopian future. (laughs) That's something you do to a phone. It's a thing they're doing, but they're trying to regulate it. Like Bosch is putting in, you know hacker proof ecus and stuff like this i mean it's it's just crazy right parents just parents be like ah no i'm taking the bike away we don't need government regulations and who knows how much these dinos cost they're probably way overpriced because it's on a government contract so they're probably fifty thousand dollars a piece and somebody's getting super rich off this government contract to provide these mini dinos these roadside dinos uh, uh, mm. 
<laughs> like, was there ever a time that like car manufacturers tried to stop hot rodding and modification? Like, I don't think that's ever happened. Like the car menu, or I get maybe these aren't. Or there's no uh, legislation on car power. Recent memory: Nissan GTR was famous for oh. claiming that you could not hack the ECU. But I am, I am not convinced that that wasn't a marketing ploy, mm. basically as a challenge to everybody to try and tune them. Because you tell people, yeah. you, can't, you tell car guys you can't do something. So, oh, wow. Yes, I can. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I think that was marketing. I don't think that they really had an idea that they were stopping people, that they were making a tune-proof GTR. Because it was super easy. Everybody on the planet was making tuning software for GTRs. So, um, <laughs> uh, continuing down the uh, EV train. I found this piece of news interesting, right? Everybody thinks that EVs are cheap to own and operate because mostly because they are just uh, filling up on the company dime or the free Tesla superchargers if you own a Tesla, right? It's all subsidized, so you don't see what you're paying for. But car and driver, oh, yeah, we're going to reference car and driver later too. Car and driver uh, tested out uh, an EV Hummer and filled that thing to capacity and it took an hour and a half to fully charge an EV Hummer, and it cost approximately $100 in electricity. Whoa. Right. How much would it cost to fill up a normal Hummer with fuel? Probably over 100 bucks. About that. Yeah. At current gas prices, yeah. But it'll do it in like a couple of minutes. Right. <laughs> right. Six to seven minutes. You, you can uh, take... Uh, the uh, the gas powered Hummer owner has enough time when he puts the nozzle in to fill up his gas to like take a couple you know flex poses of his his muscles yeah. and post it on the CrossFit page and like you know post he just the, came from class right you know, and like... post on the don't tread on me for him and then he can get <laughs> back in his Hummer and you know go eat his beefsteak but like with the EV Hummer man you could like. You could do a whole CrossFit class. <laughs> yeah. You got to charge it before you go in, and by the time you come out, you can go somewhere. No time for selfies, though. <laughs> so you're missing out. Oh, gosh. You could watch a whole documentary. Um, speaking of cost to fill up, this is, uh, I thought this was interesting too. Uh, 1320 video posted that a Cybertruck, Tesla Cybertruck, do- drove a whopping 90 miles while towing its max capacity of 11,000 pounds before almost fully draining the battery. 90 miles. I think the somebody did a test with a Ford Lightning, and it was like 67 miles or something mm-hmm. ridiculous like that. Well, this is an improvement. Yeah, Look at yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, it used 108 kilowatt hours of energy. So the average cost in the USA per kilowatt hour is 16 So it costs about $17.50 to recharge the Cybertruck after 90 miles. So compare that to a Ford Super Duty diesel. Now, there's not a lot of data out there. took a bit of searching to find uh, what these things get for gas mileage when they're towing. But the best I could find 
was that they get about 12 miles per gallon towing a similar load. It should be noted, though, that their towing capacity is more than double for an F-350, what the, the Cybertruck is. So, um, th- And to compare the cost at the national average of $4.10 for diesel right now, it would be $31 to go 90 miles. So almost double the price in fuel than it would cost the Cybertruck. But you can go over 400 miles in a Super Duty before refueling. So at any, at my hourly rate or any laborer's hourly rate or whatever, there's that time value of money. Like, I'll take the diesel. I don't have to fill up four times. Not to mention going out of your way to find a charging station, stuff like that. I mean, that 90 miles, how much do you cut down if if it's not just like, oh, there's two charging stations 90 miles apart on my route? Yeah, you like if you've got to get, get off the highway, like by even five miles off the highway to find something, like right, got to factor right. that in, and you don't want to be at zero when you get there, so you're not even going the full ninety. In all fairness, you don't want to drain a diesel engine either. It's very bad to run those out of fuel, but uh, <laughs> you have a lot more warning. We do have a, a slight correction, I guess, in the YouTube comments. Asphalt Serpent says uh, superchargers are not free for Teslas anymore. Oh. I think so. I was trying to look it up, and it looks like on their site. I'm okay with that correction. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's great. (laughs) They shouldn't be free. (laughs) I want people to... Listen, if you're willing to pay the cost, fine. I just... I I want people to know the cost. I'm tired of the subsidies to where costs are getting hidden either by Tesla or by the government in terms of tax credits or or whatever. I, I want people to know the cost and decide if EVs are still for them, if they're really paying for all the development if it's totally unsubsidized i'm i'm a free market person and if evs win awesome great let's do it just feels very forced yes yes um and speaking of towing one more thing on that note before (laughs) we go to commercial um the mercedes e actros electric semi uh this is from motor authority uh, hits 330 miles with a full load. Um, I feel like that's pretty impressive. Are you going to ruin it? <laughs> kind of. Because that sounds kind of awesome. Um, what I didn't like about the article is that they were trying so hard to make this look impressive is that they said the EV truck can quote unquote match the range of a diesel truck with just one stop. I'm like, well, that's not matching it. Yeah. Okay. That's having it. So you have to stop in order to match it. That's not matching it. And if your charging stop is over and out, right? The the EV Hummer took an hour and a half. How long would it take a friggin' semi truck to charge? So if you have to stop for two hours, you have to factor in this isn't just like personal time, right? A lot of EV owners say, well, I'm willing to spend the time, whatever. But Truckers are highly regulated in terms of their hours that they can run. They run 10 hours. They have to shut down for a certain number of hours. And then every five days or seven days, they have to shut down and not move their truck for, I think, 32 or 36 hours. So when you take two hours out of your driving time, like you can't credit that later on and say, well, this was a rest time. It's like that's. That's severely hampering your ability to deliver within a, a certain range. 
Um, but the other thing is they said they can match the range of a diesel truck. And the commenters in this just tore this apart, and they're right. Because diesel trucks can go 1,000 to 1,500 miles on you know with their multiple tanks. So 660 miles is not the range of a diesel semi-truck. Not quite. Yeah. Um, but what was more newsworthy but less pushed um, is that a hydrogen truck did double that. Oh, no way. Oh, yes, really. Because didn't we talk about Toyota recently? Like, they're still investing in hydrogen technology development, and mm-hmm. I think they were one of the first. A lot of people are. Governments aren't. <laughs> but <laughs> private enterprise is. So, yeah, big news. Mercedes E-Actros electric semi hits 330 miles on a full, with a full load. Small news. A hydrogen truck doubled that. No refueling. Uh, yeah, weird. Mm, yeah, mm. yeah. Odd. And with that, uh, SwitchCast is brought to you by BoxCast. BoxCast is a live streaming company based in Cleveland, Ohio, and they serve broadcasters and viewers around the world. Their founders launched BoxCast back in 2013 with one purpose, to make people a part of the experience. So if you're looking to live stream your podcast, church service, car show, a sporting event, wedding, or even your cannonball attempt, BoxCast is an easy and flexible live streaming platform for organizations. BoxCast is so easy, in fact, that we're broadcasting this show with a phone. So head on over to switchcars.com slash BoxCast for your free trial. And with that, uh, Hank the Corvette curmudgeon is here in the studio with us. Good evening, Hank. Good evening, Tyler. How are uh, how are you doing? I know you got your jacket again because it's freezing cold outside. Yeah, it's pretty cold out. There's no coffee here when I got here either. I got to talk to somebody about that. Ethan. Uh, did we forget again? I, uh, Ethan, I'm going to put that on you. Yeah. You're the producer. You're supposed to be producing. Those Nespresso pods don't brew themselves. <laughs> they do, do they? not. Do you uh, think, Hank, have you ever used a Nespresso machine, Hank? What is that? It's like you got a little pod and you stick it into a machine, similar to a Keurig, but not quite. And a pod? That's what aliens use. No, it's like a Fly little... around, you know. <laughs> No, he's a Folgers man through and through. Oh, yeah, that's right. We or did. 8 o'clock bean, whatever. Folgers. Folgers, right. Yeah. Best part of waking up. That's what they say. Dive. I've heard that. So intensely disagree. But anyway, uh, Hank, did you hear that there is a pilgrimage later this year to the Corvette Museum? I did. It's their 30th anniversary. Heck, yeah. Are you going to oh, go? Yeah. I am, yep. Oh. Yep. You know, they, they actually they asked me to go. Wait, who, I like thought, Ethan and Doug? No, or? The, the Corvette Museum. Whoop, I'm sorry, what? I think it's because my Corvette is so rare <laughs> and special, they said they would give me special parking. Oh, that's amazing. Are you actually going to take your Corvette down? You know, that's a tough one, because that is that is a lot of miles. But, you know, I, I, I did get it. I did take delivery at the museum when it was new, and I think, you know, maybe this is worth the trip, that it's worth uh, driving driving her back down there. And, uh, you know, I, I think the Corvette world deserves to see how rare and special my Corvette is. Yeah, and you could get some great photos of your car in this special parking spot. And have they asked you to just show up? Is there anything else? or uh, Nope, just show up. That's awesome. Yep. Wow. Heck yeah. How good is this parking spot? 
I mean, that's got to be great. I don't know, but I heard some other people have to take shuttle buses from their parking. Wow. There's supposed to be six to 8,000 Corvettes there. That's no a holy kidding. heck. And mine's going to be the best, rarest C5 there. Well, have no we, uh, Hank, have we talked about the, the 98 pace car before? Yes. Uh, I was thinking it would be kind of a cool idea, because uh, I've always wanted one of those. I think they're really cool, for me to get one and drive it down for the pilgrimage. And then we could be like Corvette buddies while we're down there. Well, I don't know if I want to be seen in public with, with you know, a hipster like you, but if you have a Corvette C5, I think that would bring me bring you up a notch in my book. Oh, heck yeah. Wow. I do like how me being a hipster is worse than the purple and yellow Corvette. Are you? You're not a fan, are you? Think that? I mean, it's a pace car, so it's cool, but like, it's not beautiful. I mean, it's a pace car, so it's pretty rare. It's not as good as mine, but well, of course, it, yeah. it's pretty cool. Uh, I think I think we can be friends in the future. This is this is going to be a good time. Should he I don't be, know about that. Should he be driving it wearing those Converse or is there <laughs> is there pro? I, I can't help him with his wardrobe. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's just yeah, wild. Did you see he got a haircut? Whoa. I did. See that? It looks the same. It's just shorter. I don't notice things like that. <laughs> Uh, so I think that'll That's be pretty That's for sweet. them metrosexuals. They <laughs> care about haircuts and fashion and stuff. What is this, 1955? <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, the Corvette Museum pilgrimage is going to be sweet. Uh, Ethan, we should try to go down, see if we can catch Hank in the wild. Oh, man, I, I would just be so thrilled to see That'd Hank, be so good. Yeah, at the mecca of a Corvette. Yeah. So, um, Hank, otherwise, today's Valentine's Day. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's Valentine's Day. It is? Yeah, it's February. You didn't tell me that. <laughs> what in the name of Harley? Or Margaret's going to be so <laughs> See, oh God, I, I, I knew it. I knew it. Alrighty, well, I guess Hank is out of here. Uh, thank you very much, <laughs> Hank, for coming in. That was the Corvette curmudgeon, everybody. Brought to you unwittingly by the Corvette. Know flower stores are still open? <laughs> you might be able to go to Walmart. <laughs> Uh, Bad's brought to you by the Corvette Buy Sell Trade Group on Facebook. That is your source for cranky boomers, overpriced Corvettes, and reinforced stereotypes. Boy, Hank really ran out of here in a flash. That was good. That was a good. That was a good segment right there. That was. Hopefully, we're paying him enough. <laughs> Apparently, not in Folgers though. Don't buy Folgers. <laughs> Don't buy Folgers. Well, since there goes Hank left early, we're gonna we're gonna get some Corvette curmudgeon goodness from the Corvette Buy Sell Trade Group. Um. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good one I've been saving. Uh, somebody uh, somebody posted, uh, well, obviously, somebody posted a Corvette on the Corvette buy-sell trade, uh, and all the Corvette curmudgeons came out, and he, he proved to be one himself. Um, <laughs> it, it, was a, it was a regular C6 that had hmm, some some light modifications that were like you know upgraded battery and newer tires and you know Corvette branded floor mats and stuff like that, um, and he wanted all the money in the world because it was so awesome, and he just got ripped, ripped, ripped. But uh, in the comment section, but he had responses for everybody. Um, <laughs> So what uh, What was he trying to say? What kind of Corvette? What, was there anything actually special about it? No, there was nothing special. It was oh. a Corvette C6. And he was asking thirty grand, and it was probably worth about like 20 to 22. Ooh, yikes. Right. Are they that cheap now? Um, Holy heck. Boring ones are, yeah. 
So, um, right, right, right. So, let's see. One of his responses. Hey, Einstein, did you get your crayon and piece of paper and add up the extras? If that's too complicated for you, let me dumb it down for you. You can't get a pizza with everything on for the same price as a plain pizza. Know what you're talking about before you make stupid comments on my post. Keep strolling, troll. That is incredible. I like that. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, he copy and pasted that response to multiple people. Oh, hey, that's, that's just efficient. Best. Exact. <laughs> Made his own copy pasta. Exact. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, man, that's fantastic. Somebody called him out on that. He's, they said, I dig the personal touch of the copy paste. He responded, <laughs> I know. I can't waste my time on these munins. <laughs> oh, that is beautiful. Uh <laughs> no, we've all been, we've all tried to cut corners and, you know, you get called out for it sometimes. <laughs> Somebody said, don't get salty. People are allowed to have a different opinion than you. Not salty. Just no patience for stupid people. Where I come from, if I want an opinion, I will ask. Some people should not be permitted to consume the same amount of oxygen as others. <laughs> Thin the herd. Keep scrolling, troll. <laughs> Thin the herd. That's like, <laughs> that got intense. Uh, somebody offered him 22 grand. He responded, thanks for the offer. If I wreck it, I will consider it. <laughs> that's good, though. I like that. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a good response. So good. I do like that one. <laughs> that's good. So, the guy responded, that was very rude. The seller goes, so was your ridiculous offer. Yeah. This is incredible. I want to meet this guy. I like this guy, yeah. <laughs> then they got in, into an argument about nails and the pricing of nails. Nails like nails. on your hands at uh, the so hardware store. The, uh, the the commenter on his post said, "Funny enough, I am an expert in nails. I'm sure a contractor is going to find this post. Whatever, blah blah blah." And so the guy goes, "I knew I would get some use out of you today. I'll update my listing to approximately forty pounds of hot dip galvanized sixteen D nails. Now you can quantify a value or not." I forgot. You don't know how to use a crayon and a piece of paper. Keep strolling, troll. He really likes the crayon he, and the piece double, of paper He's bit. double dipping in that crayon line. And now, I do think the crayon line is great. Yeah, yeah. Can you use a crayon and a piece of paper to add this? <laughs> oh, that's just... It's so, it just cuts you down. Yeah. It's like, what are you, five? <laughs> Good for you. Do you want a metal or a chest to pin it on? Keep scrolling, <laughs> troll. I feel like keep scrolling. Troll is his email signature. Yeah, that's oh that's, my gosh! It's like the guy's catch. He gets he gets more explicit though as it goes. I can't respond. I can't repeat some of this stuff. But whew. ah, keep scrolling. Troll. Uh, oh, thirteen grand. He said he had in invested in it in these upgrades, which were mm. like literally a, a battery and TPMS sensors. <laughs> Look, and batteries stuff. are like, expensive. It was, it was maintenance. <laughs> batteries yeah. are real expensive. Yeah, he's asking thirty-two grand. So I responded. So if you take thirteen k of your investment stuff off, can I buy it for nineteen grand? <laughs> Did he respond? I didn't wait around for his response. Uh, I'm guessing it was keep scrolling, troll. I it, I don't think I'm in this group on Facebook. I want to. Oh, so it's you good. Do you have the link anymore? No, I don't. I PDF'd it because I knew somebody or everybody would get banned or it would get shut down or something like that. <laughs> Oh, man. 
Well, if you are enjoying this podcast, whether or not you like Hank, uh, please help us out with the algorithms. Uh, like, subscribe, share, review on whatever audio platform you're listening to. Uh, comment on the live stream. That helps out the algorithms. Uh, give us a five-star review. Tell your friends. We appreciate it very, very much. That helps keep us on the air and helps us grow. We have been growing, and we are enjoying the uh, interaction with everybody, as I said. And if uh, you have comments place them in the live stream and Ethan or Tyler will get them over to us during the course of the discussion. Um, you got to answer the, questions to be a part of the Corvette buy sell trade group. Uh, yes, you do. Oh, like, really? Do you own a Corvette? No, it's why do you want to join, which I feel like I can fuss something up, but which body style is the latest C2, C8 or C12? <laughs> <laughs> there is technically a C12. It's just not a Corvette. It's a Callaway. It's a Callaway. It's like, yeah. Yes. Anyway, I knew that. And I'm not even a member of this group. Uh, I want to join, Tyler. I want to join because I want <laughs> to own a 98 Corvette pace car. I want a high mileage 98 and Corvette pace car. go on the car. pilgrimage. Oh, you'd be a shoe-in with that answer. There you go. We do have... A new uh, balance shoe-in. <laughs> yeah, get it. There you go. We definitely do have some requests for photos of Hank at the Corvette Museum in chat. So. Oh, it's, oh, it's, it's happening. going to happen. It is yeah. happening. Uh, no, okay, serious. Uh, talking about the, the Corvette Museum thing, I, I'm really excited about this. I am, at heart, a Corvette guy, I'm just not a Corvette guy. I love Corvettes. Um, and I do love the Corvette Museum and the factory and the racetrack and everything that goes along with it. Uh, it's just the stereotype people. I mean, it's not just Corvette people. It's it's all car people. They, you know, it's, it's anybody who has a stick up their butt. But... Um, which I guess present company excluded because that might be me, you know. <laughs> I resemble that comment. Um, uh, Arnie and I are going down to the Corvette Museum for their 30th anniversary celebration of the Corvette Museum. And it, it, it's like a perfect storm of things because it's, uh, it's the 20th anniversary of something else. And it's every five years they do this Corvette pilgrimage from all over the country. The clubs come. So it is the 30th anniversary and one of the five years that they do the pilgrimage and the anniversary of something else. Uh, I think it was, oh, I think it was a 20-year anniversary of uh, the racetrack. Um, oh, okay. So super excited um, about all this. Arnie and I are going to give a couple seminars on Cannonball, not on Corvettes. And uh, the Fraud Taurus will be there. And they are giving us priority parking to display the fraud Taurus. I'm just also going to park my Corvette there. <laughs> so you'll get to meet, uh, you will get to meet Hank. He's going to be there in character. Oh, this is going to be so good. <laughs> oh, man, it's fantastic. That means if I go there, I'm going to get plebeian parking probably like across town. Yeah. With all these Corvettes coming down. Well, they asked us how much, how many square feet we needed. Like, do we have a tent? Do we have a truck? Like, this and that. We have a Murano. Um, <laughs> some would argue that I need 500 square feet for my giant ego. But. Ah. <laughs> Question of the week is brought to you by Nuts for Sticks. Nuts for Sticks is a brand celebrating the manual transmission in all its forms. Let's forget about those flappy paddles because we like shifting ourselves. Check out our fun and funny stick-themed shirts at NutsForSticks.com and save 10% on your order using the discount code SWITCHCAST. That is NutsForSticks.com and use code SWITCHCAST. 
Alrighty, so question of the week. Uh, buckle in, Doug. This is a, so there's some text here. So All I'm right. going to read you some stuff. This comes from Bruce. Uh, okay, my son and his wife make around $70,000 combined. They have school debt. Not sure how much. Maybe like 15 to 20K. He just started a new job, and someone slammed into him totaling his car. I think he's getting like $5,000 back on it, which, that sucks. Ugh. That may be uh, after the, the payoff. Right, so five thousand cash. Oh, right. Gotcha. So if they if they have a loan on it, then gotcha. That's their equity. That still really sucks. Oh. Uh, so he was talking to his wife's aunt's boyfriend. My goodness, uh, who is a, a good place quote advice. financial advisor, and he told him to buy a brand new car because one, they are overpricing used cars, and two, the interest rates are apparently like one percent on new cars. He said he would get more value out of the new car. I told him to run and never use that guy as a financial advisor. What are your thoughts? Ah, uh, there's there's a lot to unpack here. Um, I've run into this before, where financial advisors, uh, I think financial advisors should be called investment investment advisors because that is what they know. They don't know everything about every aspect of finance. Just because you pay money to buy a car doesn't mean it falls within the realm of a financial advisor's expertise. Um, and often they are wrong. And there's two really, uh, well, one very common misnomer or, 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 or uh, myth here. Um, misnomer is an is in and of itself a misnomer in the way I used it because I misnamed it. But anyway, um, is, is that used cars are essentially overpriced or the same value as new cars, so you might as well just buy a new car. And I, I found it interesting, the phraseology, that the financial advisor said they're overpricing used cars. Who's they? If you're talking about the dealers, then maybe, yes, they are. Because it's a known tactic of new car dealers to price their CPOs really, really high because it makes a new car look like a good value and then they can upsell you into a new car. So if you're only trusting the car dealer, that's a really bad person to trust. And if that's where you're getting your market data, that's also faulty. Used cars respond to the market. That's actually the beauty of buying a used cars as opposed to a new car. A new car can be overpriced and it's not responding to the market because a manufacturer hasn't offered any rebates yet or the dealers refuse to move on the price or whatever reason. Uh, used cars have to respond to the market. Some may be overpriced, but just don't buy from that dealer or don't buy from that person. But the idea that a new car is a good value is hogwash. Uh, new cars, historically, we need to throw out 2020 through 22 because we experienced record inflation, and that is a essentially once-in-a-lifetime experience. So you can't derive your, your rules based on that. Historically, new cars depreciate. They lose half of their value in the first three years. And a significant portion of that is in the first three hours when you drive off the lot. So, I mean, if you buy a $40,000 new car, 
that's not a good value because you've lost $20,000 in three years plus sales tax and anything else they sell you at, at point of sale. All that cool. stuff becomes worthless instantly. Um, so if you buy a three-year-old used car for 20 grand, that is a better value than like you could write that down to zero and it would be the same as buying a new car and it won't get written down to zero. The second fact is that in the second three years, cars lose 50% of their value as well. So by that statistic, new cars lose 75% of their value in the first six years. So you could buy a six-year-old car for 75% off retail. That sounds like the way to go. A six-year-old car is a 2018. So a lot of people say, oh, used cars, oh, they're all junk, they're garbage, they're somebody else's problem. Find me a 2018 that's like that. The newest car I own is a 2014, and ironically, it's one of the least reliable I have. The 2011 <laughs> that my wife's has is better. The 2000 Ford Excursion I have is bulletproof. Like old cars are just fine, and a 2000 a six year old car is not old. So that myth is crap. One percent on a new car ain't happening, and if it is. It's only because the manufacturer is buying down the rate. You should never buy a car based on the interest rate because almost always you are either getting a cash rebate or an interest rate promotion because the manufacturer has – it's not free money. The manufacturer is buying down the rate. So essentially it's like saying – I think when I worked at Land Rover, they offered a $5,000 cash rebate or a 1.9% interest rate or whatever it was. So you're basically saying like, oh, I'm paying $5,000 extra to get a good interest rate. Who does that? I'm going to give you money so I can borrow money back at a lower interest rate. And did it even like shake out? I guess it go long enough maybe, but... Eesh. Maybe, but you should just not play that game. Don't play the interest rate game, right? Just paid off $5,000. You can buy a decent car for $5,000. Not a great one, but a decent one. Pay off the rest of your student loans and be done with it. And, but the, the the fact that a financial advisor is saying you should do this with cars, and I know because I'm a financial advisor, no. Like, don't speak out of turn. I don't give legal advice. Financial advisors shouldn't give car advice. Well, and I uh, was watching, I think it was like last week tonight or something, there was a whole segment on what a financial advisor is. And it turns out that that title doesn't require you to have any certifications, any experience. Like it kind of means nothing. Kind of like a automotive appraiser. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, you got to be careful. It's a, it's a name that sounds important. They're like, Oh my God, advising me on finances, but you got to be careful who you trust. Yes. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. So I don't want to pull us back to the Corvette Museum, but apparently on the 12th, it was the 10-year anniversary of the sinkhole. Yes, it was. And I didn't know this. There's a whole exhibit about the sinkhole. There is. At the museum. Most of the cars were restored, but there is one or two that are like as they fell in. Really? Yes. And you can like go in the cave in the sinkhole, I guess. Mm, or not maybe down there's a, in it. There's okay. like this interactive display thing. It's it's a it's like a virtual reality thing. That's wild. Yeah, yeah. Unless it changes since I was last <clears throat> there. But yeah, no, you can't go down 
in there. No, that'd be cool if you could, though. Unless you go on the wrong day and it happens again, then you can, <laughs> then you can go down in the sinkhole. <laughs> Front row seat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That'd be great. They we did. Lightning never strikes twice in the same place, but uh, what about a sinkhole? Ask, yeah, they, ask <laughs> that guy that got struck by lightning three times. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, uh, I do want to give a shout out. I meant to give this guy the prop of the week the last two weeks, and I never did. Um, Eric Probst, who is a longtime friend, cannonball guy, and a fan of the show, uh, he came down for our open house two weeks ago where we had a big live audience because it was kind of a spillover from the open house. And he drove down from Michigan and brought us some uh, special Detroit whiskey uh, for the podcast. It was very smooth and very good. And it was just cool to see him. And um, yeah, he, he, he totally deserves a shout out for being a, a great guy. Uh, always generous with his time and his talents and stuff. So um, yeah, so thank you, Eric, for for the whiskey and or and for the uh, for the company for bringing your presence and the presence. Heck yeah! Uh, I know Erod at some point asked what's uh, what's up with the pine cone hat, and haven't seen it in a while. Oh though. yes, well we have the pine cones here. The pine cone hat I actually wear. I enjoy wearing it, so it doesn't make it back to the set. <laughs> I have seen, often. like, Doug in the wild in the hat. Like, we weren't even hanging out, and I've seen him. I was like, what the heck? So oh, all right. I need to remind people that I have no <laughs> friggin' idea what I'm dribbling about. <laughs> <laughs> you absolute other utter bad guy. Um, let's see. We're not going to get to all of the EV news this week, but one thing I do... Oh, man, there's so much left. Okay, uh, well... I, I do want to talk about this one because this one is just it's just sexy in so many ways. Uh, our scaminator of the week Ooh. is yeah, <laughs> I find scam sexy. <laughs> just, I love huh. outing somebody. Um, <laughs> this, I'm not going to say it's a scam because uh, this guy has lots of money and we don't want to get uh, sued for libel here, but. Um, there's some interesting stuff going on with Lordstown Motors. Now, for you Ohioans, that's the old Chevy Cruze plant in Lordstown, Ohio, that got shut down. Uh, well, it shut down because they stopped producing the Cruze. So kind of happens with any mill town or factory town. When the factory shuts down, everybody, you know, banks on this is going to be their life job and the lifeblood of the community and then it shuts down and everybody feels like there's big injustice that happened to them and it's like no you can't you can't bank on that forever so everybody was everybody was hoping and and praying that somebody would come in and revive this plant and that would be the like their financial savior well you should never depend on other people because who came in but lordstown motors and lordstown motors was uh making a uh electric truck and they were trying to get a um, contract with the United States Postal Service which they didn't get um, and they ended up filing for bankruptcy well um, the plant isn't totally done they the, <laughs> this is a good one so Lordstown Motors sold the plant uh, for 230 million dollars to an iPhone maker, Foxconn. Um, what are they going to make there? iPhones? I don't know. It's not the, made the, for like chip manufacturing or anything. I, I don't know. But the electronics giant started building these endurance trucks in 2022. But if you remember, I think they 
actually got like two delivered to the public, I think. But they were all recalled immediately, like before they were even delivered because they had a bunch of issues. So they delivered a whopping two-ish going off of memory. So please don't uh, quote me on that. But um, uh, the companies had a falling out and then Lordstown filed for bankruptcy protection in June of 2023. Um. In addition to that, and this is according to TechCrunch, the Securities and Exchange Commission, uh, it's going after Lord Sound Motors for $45 million from the company for violations of federal securities laws. Yikes. So they didn't just run out of money. They falsified some stuff. And this is, this is relevant because their CEO, founder, uh, Mr. Burns, uh, was ousted or uh, not ousted. He resigned, but I think it was a forced resignation prior to that uh, in 2021, I believe it was, because um, he had misled investors about the number of pre-orders that they had. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like shades of Jeff Badger and the, you know, phase one for this project is sold out for the, uh, um, uh, what was that? The, Car condos here. Oh, um, yeah. What was the name of his place? I can't even remember now. But, you know, oh, yeah, phase one sold out. We're taking deposits for phase two. Well, it was all a shell game. Phase one wasn't sold out. They hadn't started building. They had no money. So this this happens all the time. This happens with these specialty car manufacturers. Di Tommaso is going through this. Um, there's some others, but um, Spiker... Yeah, it's some shady stuff. So anyway, so so you start going down this path, right? So uh, Lordstown Motors files bankruptcy. Well, a new company, LAS Capital, buys them out of bankruptcy for $10 million, buys their assets out, intellectual property and their um, like production lines and stuff like that. Well, who owns LAS Capital? Ooh, who owns LAS Capital? Doug? Burns, the same dude. Oh, yeah, he was the CEO of Lordstown Motors. So uh, this LAS Capital has four different uh, companies under its umbrella. Um, LAS stands for Land, Air, and Sea. So the trucks that they're making would be part of their Land X company. Now, coincidentally, the videos on their website promoting this truck are the same videos Lordstown Motors were, were using, and they actually still have the Lordstown Motors logo oh, really? on the truck, oh. so they didn't even like reinvent Ooh. them. Um, but they also have an air component where they're making these like flyable drones and a C component, and they also make a power shower, a adjustable shower head thing. It's like Uh-oh. an as-seen-on-TV thing. Yes, <laughs> like, exactly. What the heck? <laughs> they should get that child molester guy to to oh, endorse him. Yeah. What, was, what was his name? Oh, you're talking about the, the subway, subway dude? No, 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 no. The the as seen on TV. Oh no, maybe he was a wife beater. I don't know. Oh he, my he god. Got in oh, trouble Vince for... with the ShamWow. Yeah, ShamWow. Oh, that that guy? was not his wife that he beat though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you for the clarification. <laughs> maybe it was then. both. Maybe it was a <laughs> anyway. Uh Power Shower <laughs> ShamWow. Whatever. ShamWow. He also did the slap chop. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm just imagining these videos where somebody's like for somehow like struggling to take a shower and they're like slipping and falling and this like yeah. a- isn't it like AI? I know. Or, like that. enabled or something this I, like shower head i don't know yeah no it's wi-fi oh enabled. yeah it's for what 
It doesn't make any sense. It's supposed to save saving all this water. You know, ah, my yes. wife was looking at this. She goes, "What? Well, I don't get it. Water isn't like a thing you save. Like it, it go, <laughs> it, it recycles. It doesn't disappear when you use it. <laughs> Goes away. It's it dirty now. Like, it can't be used again. Is that the thing that has like way off topic here? That has like rocks in it, or it has like minerals or something in the shower head that like filters the water before it hits your body? You know no. what I'm talking about? The heck are you talking? The about? The power shower? Yeah. No, I'm thinking of something else. No, all right, I'll be over here it if you guys could need be, me. Though, though, if they got Vince involved and they did the power shower, pow- easy, <laughs> the shower powwow. Oh, there we go. Okay, that, no, that one was good. That was clean. <laughs> okay, so so we end clean. up with this this convoluted, uh, not scam here. Um, right. So every CEO of these these new companies that are under LAS Capital were former executives of either Lordstown Motors or this other company, Workhorse Group. So uh, Workhorse Group was also, uh, Burns was also an executive of that. Uh, no, I'm sorry, I think Burns founded that as well, but he resigned from there in February 2019 and then formed Lordstown Motors, but then worked out a licensing agreement with Workhorse to pay them a bunch of money and license their technology to build this truck. Now, there's a whole bunch of other stuff where there's like basically insider trading allegations. And um, while they were getting or submitting the bid for the USPS um, contract, they were misleading investors and selling off stock because it, the stock was getting pumped up. So Burns cashed out of like $66.8 million, I think it was, in stock that he left with, but then the company went bankrupt. So he left with a ton of cash, the company goes bankrupt, and then he buys it back for pennies on a dollar under a different company. And then hires all of his friends back. And then hires all of his friends back. This is just... There's some, I, I don't know what, I don't, I want to be careful what I say. It just is smells a little smelly. It's super smelly. There's so much more. There, like, I don't even know where to, we could do two entire podcast episodes going down this road, but. We're going to need to get Doug a whiteboard. I, yeah, kind of. You need like those, those true crime. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, like yarn the on the cork board yeah. where they do. <laughs> um what I found interesting, a couple of footnotes, and Tyler, jump in anywhere you want here. I don't want to dominate this discussion here. But um, one, he bought the, the Lordstown Motors facility from General Motors for $20 million. He sold it for $230 million. Insane. How much? This guy's got so much money. Pocket change. Maybe he should just do commercial real estate. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. But somehow they still went bankrupt. Oh. Yeah. That, well, that wasn't that, all for the company. Well, and anyway. that is just, I just thought it was f- fascinating that, I mean, honestly, it's like, it's like a money cheat hack or like cheat code to like sell off stock in a company before it fails that you, you believe in that, you know, I'm sure on some level, this guy believes in the company, wants it to be successful, whatever. And then you just buy back the stuff later. So not only did you make, if we add that up, what is that, $300 million? Well, I think the company made the $200 million. And and from this article, it seems like the agreement went south. So I don't know if they backed out on the deal to purchase it or if just like, I I don't know all the details there, but 
the but, facility did sell for $230 million. I don't know the strings attached to that gotcha. transaction. I just thought that was interesting that it was 10x what he bought it for. Which is what? But I think the fact that my guy somehow netted 50 million profit from his company failing and he still has all the IP. Like, how does that? How do you do that? Mm, yeah, it's a very good question. Um, <laughs> another good question is how you go public so that you can do this when you don't have any product delivered or any profit. Oh, the right. hype machine. It's wild. The hype machine. And that is one of my biggest issues with all this tech stuff, with all these new companies, is the ability for... <sighs> I I mean, I guess you could say greedy investors because people choose to take the risk. But I, I I think that people don't necessarily understand all that they're getting into because there's so many shadow games with this financial stuff that that doesn't need to be there, right? So I am not a financial expert. I'm not trying to be a financial expert on this show. But there are things that I can see that are just patently obvious to me that don't make sense. And if something doesn't make sense, then maybe there's a reason for it. Like NFTs, right? NFTs didn't make sense to me. Everybody tried to explain it, tried to explain it. And I'm like, no, it sounds like a scam. It sounds like you're paying money for something that doesn't exist. No, 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 no. This is how it works. I'm like, yeah, I still don't get it. Guess what? There's a reason I didn't get it because it was a freaking scam because you're paying money for something that doesn't exist. The same applies here. I don't care how many people with giant financial degrees and tens of millions of dollars and, you know, Wall Street's blessing are, are involved in this. Like, Math still applies. And if, like, there are financial principles involved that take things to a greater level of, of education to understand, but the basic fundamentals don't change. And everything with investing and with these companies should either be understood or able to be explained and understood to the average layperson or investor. It's it's like the, the Michael Scott... Uh, thing when he's asking Oscar, his his accountant, what a surplus is. He's explain it to me like I'm five years old, yeah. you know, <laughs> like I'm a first grader, <laughs> right? Like like I'm a preschooler. So like if if things don't make sense, I mean, th th there's uh, Dave Ramsey has a rule that he says don't invest in anything you don't understand, right? And I think you take that to the next level and say, like, well, if you don't understand it, maybe there's a reason for it. If you're a reasonable person with any level of financial know-how, right? Like, the government's $30 trillion in debt. They can explain it away with all sorts of people who are head of the finance committee and the Fed and blah, blah, blah. The bottom line is they're spending more than they make. It didn't used to be that way. They used to operate on – they. On a, I think it was 1960 where they went to a deficit budget. Before that, they spent less than they made. Just because they're government or a publicly traded company, they don't get a pass on this stuff. It's still math. It's very easy to just say, this is how much we have coming in in revenue. This is how much we can spend. You know, the accounting gets more complicated, but like at the end of the line, you either have parentheses around the number or you don't. <laughs> It's either black or it's red. Ain't that Carvana. Say, I wish it was easy for me to run up a deficit. I'd have so many cars. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, I guess it you is. You can. Just subscribe to Exotic Car Hacks. <laughs> Maybe I need to do that. 
excellent. If you want to read more on that, because there is so much more, a very good article um, is uh, businessjournaldaily.com. They covered a lot of this, and I'm thankful to them for doing a lot of the research because I could just read a few articles and ingest all this stuff. But, yeah, Steve Burns, man, that is lots and lots of companies. <laughs> Financial incest is, is uh, Ooh. my term for it. Excuse me, the hebes and the jeebies. Sounds gross. It Both. will. Both, yeah. At the same, it's really, it's quite intense. Doggone. <laughs> Doggone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, I think we have one more commercial, right? Is it Celebrity Machines? We do, yeah. Okay, and then we'll go to uh, the Shrewd Negotiator. We're going to run a little bit over time tonight, but that's because we are having fun and we had a lot to cover. Uh, and we will do tip talk. So uh, if you're not out on a hot date, stick around and ask us questions. Yeah. Not about dating. <laughs> Switchcast is brought to you by Celebrity Machines. Celebrity Machines offers more than 250 different screen accurate license plates as they've appeared in movies and TV shows, such as Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, The Fast and the Furious, Breaking Bad, and so many more. Celebrity Machines also makes our dealer insert plates as well as our commemorative 2539 plates from the fastest cannonball run ever visit celebritymachines.com for more info and use promo code switchcast to save 25.39 percent at checkout i want to follow up one thing on the financial stuff <clears throat> we've been talking about carvana oh i, I didn't it. check their stock yet today it, it's up <laughs> um I, I check every week to see if their q4 financials have come out but I got an email from uh, a Harvard uh, MBA. <laughs> What's the business master's thing? Harvard MBA uh, alumni regarding our take on Carvana. And he, he did um, nitpick a, a couple of uh, terms and, you know, finer points that I don't understand because I didn't graduate from business school um, and and that I had, you know, not gotten quite right, but his general email was like, you're absolutely right about Carvana and like you're on the right track essentially. And their fundamentals are really screwed up. So I was like, all right, you're feeling pretty good. Yeah. And yet somehow over the past month, their stock is up 28%. Everything is meaningless. <laughs> I mean, kind of, right? Like, it's, like, it's, I understand and empathize uh, with the people that are like, I'm putting money in coffee cans in the backyard because the financial system is a hoax. Like, if you were around in 2007 and lost money in the financial crisis, not 2007, 2009, um, then you would have a lot of distrust for the system. And seeing some of these things like Lordstown Motors slash Landex slash LAS Capital slash Workhorse slash it's yeah it's discouraging there's a lot a lot of money going at things that aren't real things yeah i could use some of that yeah i think we all could actually yeah ethan you could get your cross cab oh man i'm just waiting for the day to cash that check <laughs> oh my goodness um yes so uh, the Shrewd Negotiator, brought to us by VinWiki. Yes, all right. So we have a, uh, a for-sale ad, as we usually do. I'm going to read you a couple of excerpts from it, Doug. Are you ready? I'm ready. 
First bit. One of one! Exclamation point. Corvette? Uh, I don't think so. No. Mm. Extremely rare in all caps with tildes on the side. Ooh. So this is like something special. Wait. So like one of two isn't extremely rare? Yeah, I think I think you got to get to one of one status to really be rare. It's just rare otherwise. Okay. Extremely right. rare. All right. This 2023 Challenger is the only... SRT Hellcat wide body that jail. doesn't have a loan on it. <laughs> there you go. Well, I mean, it might. I don't. I don't know if they say it in here. Uh, so it's the only SRT Hellcat wide body jailbreak plus manual six speed transmission plus stripes plus hood pins. Mm-hmm. Hood pins. Oh, oh, it's the only one with hood pins. Uh, could oh you could you get those goodness. from the factory? Uh, ever delivered? Rare. Uh, during the Challenger program. <laughs> 2008 to 2023, regardless of year or color. Mm-hmm. What does jailbreak mean? I, it's with phones, it's with e-bikes, and it's with challengers. How do you jailbreak a challenger? Does that mean they were in a takeover, got sent to jail, and then broke out in the car? In the, <laughs> like, in the challenger. Yeah, yeah, in the challenger. Yeah. It, like, busted through the wall to yeah. come get them. Yeah. Like Jesse Pinkman at the end of Breaking Bad, <laughs> yeah. but with a challenger. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. All right, you ready for the next bit? I, I think so. It has 30 miles on it, all from delivery. <laughs> it is in the factory plastic, wrapping, tape, and comes with all documentation from the Brampton Assembly Plant BAP. Mm. It probably means it still has those silly little splitter guards. <laughs> it does still have the shipping, <laughs> the shipping the, bumpers. The, the shipping whatever, bananas. Yeah. Absolutely it does. Oh man, I don't. I, I, I think I have no words. That's it's, it's sad on many levels that you have a car with that much horsepower and you're bragging that it still has the plastic on it, um, which is miles. cool for a car that's fifty years old to still be brand new, I guess. But I mean, I, I guess you don't have that if somebody doesn't put them away now. But yeah, ooh, it is in green though. It's just a new car with. Very extremely <laughs> rare hood pin option. Well, so that's what I, I, I'm wondering. Is this a moment for me to get educated? So they list out key features here. I'm not going to read all of them to you. The dual carbon stripes and the Mopar hood pins, Say they say restricted next to them. Does that mean it's like whatever Dodge's special wishes um, department it, is? It could. Usually when I've heard restricted or constrained, I've it's been a supply issue. Oh, I just can't make enough hood pins. they're made the same factory as the microchips (laughs) yeah there's uh sorry we're really uh the 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 supply chain man my hood pins (laughs) dan what what's it mean uh yeah yeah it's either that or you have to that's so weird it just doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like if you have to get to that level of nuance for your car to be rare or cool or collectible, I stop caring. I feel like everybody should stop caring. Hood pins. That's the thing that makes my car special. Hood pins. Devin Ruckus does say that jailbreak was a performance upgrade trim package. Okay. So I stand corrected. Thank All you, right. chat. Uh, still think jailbreak is a silly name, though. That's a foam thing. Ah. Uh. So I got one. This is an anecdotal one. I don't know who tops that, but somebody this week wanted to trade a heavily modified 1976 Porsche Turbo. I'm listening. Uh, Yeah, for a 2008 Porsche GT3 straight up. Now, a a 76 930 Porsche would 
be comparable in value if it was bone stock because the 76s were extremely rare. Uh, most people think it's a first year. 75 is actually a first year, but there's, um, yeah. Uh, there's only a few hundred of them in 1976. Maybe a thousand. Where's Hank? Talking rare. Yeah, it was rare. Um, but the modifications were, it was... It was an outlaw build, kind of a resto mod. It was it was not good though. Um, it it had the big big you know Walmart speakers in the doors, oh. and like you know some of them like mine. I have the the fabric door pulls right. You do the lightweight door cards, the RS door pulls. Well, instead of door pulls, um, this one had well it had door pulls, but I think they were like. The, the oh crap handles out of like a 1980 <laughs> Chevy van. Oh, they were terrible. Or maybe like a 1970s home appliance door handle and they were just screwed in. Uh, but apparently he thought it would do really well on bring a trailer and I'd be able to make money on it. So I, I took the images that he sent me. I reverse searched them and came up with a link and found that it was listed at a dealer up until like 10 days prior to this for 88500 I was asking 140 for the GT3. I was to say he wanted to trade straight, oh. so I brought this up. I was like, "Hey, um, did you buy it from this dealer?" He's like, "Yeah, I did six months ago." I'm like, "Why was it listed two weeks ago for 88.5?" He's like, "What? How did they get it that cheap? How how did you know that? Wow, they must have made a lot of money off of me." And I'm like, "No, that's their." advertised price online. I'm like, you're trying to make a lot of money off me. Oh, man. Nice try, bucko. Shoot your shot, I guess. I mean, golly. Oof. Yeah, the, the, the door pulls, though, man, they were bad. They Can were you just bad. imagine, like, at some point, 930s were cheap enough to do that kind of crap, too. Oh, yes, for just a long wild. time, they were cheap enough. I had so a very wild. nice one in 2012 for $44,000 that I took a long time to sell. Man. Yep. We do uh we do have a super chat All right. that has come in. So thank you, seven 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 M for your first super chat here on the YouTubes. Hey. Uh longtime listener, first time caller. Yeah. So thoughts on Ed Bolian and John Tamarian uh, from Curated, but I think you know that. Ed is tall, John is short. Uh, no comment. Uh, buying up Murcielagos, or Murcielagos, however you're supposed to say it, and artificially driving up price for their own benefit. Hmm. spicy uh, super chat what uh, i would say define artificially oh right so if you are buying them up and creating a constraint in the supply and or creating demand i don't know if that's artificial i don't love the concept of speculators buying up en masse and basically just hiding them away i don't know that i would say that it's artificial because people still have to want the cars. Um, Ed, I think, I think both Ed and John are, they're doing it in a way that like Ed will say that he didn't buy them up to drive them up. He basically, he made money and drove the market up by making public how rare they actually were. Um, so it's, it's a concept of publishing information in the right way. John Tamarian has also done a really good job of curating, no pun intended Ayo. on his name, the history 
<laughs> of the particular cars that he's buying up. But I think for John, it's more a function of timing than anything else, right? So he's buying up 90 supercars. Who's coming into money now? People who love 90 supercars. People who love 90 supercars. People my age who were more successful than I am. They can afford all that stuff. So he's basically just looking at it going, okay, what's the next generation of collector? I'm going to get ahead of this game. So I think his business model is really good. And I really don't like speculators, people that buy stuff up just to buy stuff up. I don't think they're necessarily doing that because they're being transparent about what they're buying. There's guys I know that buy 10, 20, 30 of the same car and hide them away. They have no interest in the car. They're not doing anything for the car's history. They're not researching them, documenting them, doing anything other than just hoarding them. I, th I think that's a little bit different. So I have, I have some respect for what Bolian and Tamarian are doing, even if I don't like the result, because I want to be able to afford those cars. But the long and short of it is the free market's deciding because he could buy them all up. He could do everything he wants. If the buyers aren't there and the buyers don't care, then it's not going to work for him. He took a risk and it paid off yeah. because there are other people out there with more money than me that are going to pay for those cars. I don't like it, but they have the money and they're choosing to spend it. So it's an unfortunate truth about a lot of cars. I mean, those have gone up exponentially, I think, in, you know, the span of years here. But right. like, it's true with so many cars. They're manual mercy. LP640 is not the only ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, on that, that was a great question. Uh, we are running over time. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. So we are going to get right to the props and the flops. And those are brought to you by Switch Cars. Switch Cars is the enthusiast's dealership where we buy, sell, consign, service, and store only cars that we like ourselves. Check out our handpicked inventory at switchcars.com. And our pick of the week from Switch Cars inventory is what? It's a 1984 Porsche 911 finished in guards red over black. It has the sport seats from the earlier model uh, that were added. It's kind of a mild outlaw build with some elephant racing and Weltmeister suspension goodies and a Wevo shifter. It has 177,000 miles on it, but it runs Respect. strong and it is a fantastic car to drive. So you can check that out and contact us if you're interested. I just wish it was green, Doug. I got to be honest. Speaking of high mile Porsches, oh. the prop of the week is Bill McEachern and his 800,000 mile 1976 Porsche what? 930. Right? Right? What? How yes. many times has it been rebuilt? That's amazing. It's, it had different engines. It's not even the, <laughs> it's a 3.4 liter now. It's got like 660 horsepower. The guy's in his 80s. He's had the car for almost 50 years and he drives a snot out of it. Love it. Right. And I love it too because, right, the, the 75, 76, 930 is, is where Turbo Porsches got their nickname, the Widowmaker. And he, like, totally defied the odds and said, screw you guys. I'm going to put 800,000 miles on this car and not die. He survived. So, heck yeah. Yep. Yep. So that guy, that guy is a, is a legend among car guys. Uh, flop of the week. This one is from the archives, but it deserves to be heard. Car and Driver, who we referenced earlier, 
the same car and driver who used to own SaveTheManuals.com but didn't know that they owned it and they let it expire. I know this because I tried to buy it from them. The same car and driver who disclaimed their association with Cannonball and called it all sorts of words that'll get us demonetized. Uh, when they were reviewing the 2022 Porsche GT3, said under the lows, so they have their highs and the lows, like we have our props and our flops, the lows, they said, quote, stick shift equals slower acceleration. What? Uh, it's not the point. Exactly. It's not the point. Who cares? It's, that's been the case for 30 years. Uh, and we're getting into so fast acceleration. We're talking about like 3.1 seconds instead of three seconds or something crazy like that. Like nobody gives a crap. Everybody's going to be bench racing and keep, you know, keyboard worrying. Anyway, wor- warrioring, warriorizing. Warriorizing sounds intense. Uh, I, don't know. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Right. Like who freaking cares? It's about the driving engagement. Your car and driver, not car and zero to 60 or. <laughs> anyway, they deserve to flop for that statement. Ugh. Not a, it's just not the po- I get so exhausted with the acceleration discussion. It doesn't matter anymore. Who cares? Right. It's about how it feels, how it makes me feel. A gasoline engine also equals slower acceleration than an EV. 100%. But no contest. Microwave a, a grill will cook a burger slower than a microwave too. So, ooh, I like that. Yeah, well, I, how long were you cooking that up? Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was a good burn. Whoa, hey, oh, it was a rare joke. Uh, all right, oh, we need to end this. Sorry, I started something. Okay. Ethan, I apologize. Right, right, I started right. some okay. beef, I'd say. <laughs> no. yeah. Oh, yeah, all right. Well, it's, it's well done, guys, tonight. Well done. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you to both Ethan and Tyler uh, tonight for uh, being the supporting staff here. Thank you to our sponsors, Boxcast, Nuts for Sticks, Switch Cards. Celebrity Machines, Parallel Printworks, and Stephen Holm Woodworking. Thank you to my wife and Ethan and Tyler's ladies for letting us do this tonight. Uh, Our bumper music is provided by Emily and Ivory. They have some fantastic love songs that you can play for your significant other this evening. You can stream their full album on Spotify or SoundCloud. This episode will be available Monday in audio format wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next Wednesday at 8 p.m. as we look forward to edifying, educating, and entertaining you on the drive of your life. 